Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey family, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a very special guest. His name is Jim White, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Jim. And for those of you that may be new, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. And for those of you that are seasoned listeners, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Now, here's more about my amazing guest, Jim White. He is an author, coach, and founder of the Family Enrichment Academy. He has been married for 40 years and has six children as well as 12 grandchildren. His background as a family enrichment coach and life experience provide a unique perspective on parenthood. His book, How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be, in this second book on Parrington. So I am super excited to talk to Jim. And for those of you that may or may not know, I am currently expecting. So I'm always game to learn more about Parrington, even though it's different for everybody. But you know, knowledge is power. So without further ado, let's welcome the man behind it all, Jim White. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing some insights with your audience. Thank you, Jim. And now we're going to jump into the fun part of the segment. It's the connection segment. So there are two ways we can do this. You could do an icebreaker or the second option is a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for, Jim? Let's do the rapid fire 10 questions. Here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Jim and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question one. Why the name Family Enrichment? You know, it's um, intended to be forward thinking. It's not like fixing problems. It's more about where you can go and going forward and accomplishing something. So that's why I like the idea of family enrichment. Um, You know, it's about expanding and growing and moving forward. Question two, did you already know you wanted a big family whenever you and your wife got together? You know, it was not a planned thing, I would say. Now, my wife, she is from a big family. She's one of nine, but I I just have one brother. And to be quite honest, we never really talked about it. It just sort of happened over time. So, uh, but no, it, it was not planned for us. Question three, what's the secret sauce for 40 years of marriage? That is amazing because nowadays it's hard to find a couple that's even been married for 10 years. Yeah, I, I know. It's, I think there's a couple of things. One is um, we're pretty committed to it. It's like, you know, from our perspective, um, we've always been committed to staying married. And, it, and so then if you run into issues, you find a way to work through them. And I think the other really important component is to have a growth mindset for both people within the, the marriage to have a growth mindset, um, because that's what keeps you moving forward and, and keeps things um, intriguing and interesting if, if you grow together. Love it. Question four, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? I'm absolutely an iced tea guy. Mm, okay. Question five, would you rather a dream car, dream home, or let's go big and have both? 
<laughs> well, I guess if you can have both, you have both. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm more of a house guy than a car guy. So I would go for the house. Love it. Question six. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? That's another great question. And there's in some ways, there's too many options because um, I think about like I love to play golf. And so it would be awesome. I don't know if you know the name Lee Trevino, for example. He was a, a player from back when I was younger, but he's a great storyteller. I just think it'd be great to hear a lot of his stories. But then, you know, I've always had a passion for personal development. So to have lunch with somebody like Tony Robbins, um, you know, somebody like that would also be really cool. So I don't know, there's probably five or six people I could put on that list, but there's a couple. Oh, nice. And since you've listened to the show, you know, I like to challenge my guests just as much as the audience. So I would tell you to like make a list of the different people that you would like to sit down with and just reach out to them. Like you could do one a day or one a week and they're either going to say yes or no, but then you could tell them how you could add value to them, how they can add value to, to you. How can y'all create synergies and what is it that you would like to achieve? Because in life, we need to turn those dreams into realities and we're just shooting our shot like a, as if we were playing basketball and we're trying to make that free throw. It's either going to go in the hoop or not, but what do you have to lose? Absolutely. I love it. Do you accept the challenge? I will. I'm, I'll get to them eventually. Okay. Well, I'm going to make, make it a little sweeter for you, Jim. So for the first part, I want you to complete one of them within the next two weeks. And you must send me a screenshot via email or Instagram to show me that you did accept the challenge and you did put your, your mouth where your money is or, and it wasn't lip service. There, there you go. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Question seven. What's your favorite music genre? Um, you're going to love this. I grew up in the 70s. And so I love the the kind of the funk like Earth, Wind and Fire and the Commodores, you know, that back in those, that music brings back memories for me. It's almost in kind of the disco era as well. I think I only know one song um, by the Commodores. And I think it's this one. She's a brick. Yeah. Ow, yeah, might Letting yeah. it all hang <laughs> Probably my my favorite group from back then was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, now you have to sing something. Sing me a little short thing because I I know the songs when they come on the radio sometimes or from my dad when he was living, but then I'm like I don't really know the band. So yeah, you want to sing something? That could be question number eight. There sing, you go. Sing something from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Something oh, just sing, short. Yeah. Sing something. Well, I'm, I do not sing. I'll, I'll give you like a song. Reasons is one of their one of their songs that I love. Um, so you can, you can have your audience look up reasons and listens to it. Okay. Question nine. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ah, boy, that's another great question. A superpower, um, maybe to fly, you know, to be able to uh, just see from a different perspective, which when we talk, you'll find one of my big messages for people is perspective is very powerful. So I think to be able to have that perspective from an altitude would be, uh, would be pretty interesting. And question 10, it is our pass or play question, Jim, and here are the rules. If you pass, you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I'll pass and ask you a question. How's that? 
Yeah, I'm game. What's your question? So you mentioned that you're pregnant. Um, have you guys thought about how many children you're going to have? Oh, yes. This has been back and forth. I want to happy, healthy, whole children. And my husband says, oh, let's have five or more. He comes from a big family. There's eight of them. And I was like, well, in America, I feel like two children is just sufficient because one could go with the mom, one could go with the dad. And I was like, it just makes it easier because I, I just don't want a kid to feel left out if there's, you know, multiple. <laughs> right. What I hear you, which I would say, you know, we have six. So that jump from two to three is the biggest jump from three to four doesn't feel like as much of a, of a jump because you're already outnumbered at that point. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're, um, I grew up in a religious and spiritual home. So I was like, we're just going to pray about it. And we're going to let the good man above lead us. But the way that I, and I'm going to put, I not, <laughs> I am set up. I would like two children because it's my body and all of the things, but marriage is a partnership and it is very important to have that open line of communication. Just make sure that you're on the same page because it's just all jokes aside. It's just just not about I and my body. It's about what's the best decision for the both of us. And as we begin to build our family, so we're, we're open, but personally, yeah. I just want to. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you'll see how it goes once you get that first one in the house. Yes, sir. So thank you for playing rapid fire. Now we're going to jump in to the main part of the segment, which is the work that you're doing family enrichment, specifically helping parents with teenagers. And since I'm embarking on motherhood journey, people are saying teenage years are the hardest years because they have their personalities. They talk back, um, peer pressure and all of the things. But Jim, I want to learn from your perspective because you're definitely more seasoned in the game. You have six children, 12 grandchildren, and you've been doing this for quite some time. So I want to know your back end story before we get to where you are now, because what made you get involved in this area? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, for the last 40, I'll describe it this way. For the last 40 years, I've been a student of personal development, marriage, and parenting. Um, but more importantly, as you've mentioned, I've spent those 40 years also applying the lessons learned and, um, you know, taking that wisdom and, and putting it into our family as a husband and a father to six children. Um, I like to use the analogy of a hero's two journeys. I'm, I, I feel like I'm an example of that. And I don't know if you're familiar with that idea and storytelling, um, but in your audience, there may be some people that aren't, but the, the premise is that in any great story, whether it's a book or a movie that you watch, the main character or the, the hero is on two journeys. The First, they have some kind of an out, a goal or a task that they're trying to accomplish. And this is known as the outside journey or the journey of accomplishment. And then, but, and that's interesting, but what makes them compelling is the second journey, which they are, what happens is that that hero is on an internal journey as well. They're going through a transformation internally where they're becoming a better person. They're learning new principles and values and beliefs that make their life work better. And that's that second journey or the journey of transformation. And I like to use this with my, with the parents that I work with, but I, I feel like I'm an example because as you can imagine, as a parent, 
parent of six children, there was a lot of task to accomplish. You know, there were places to be, homework to help with, meals to cook. I mean, we had a lot to do. But at the same time, and, and I should say, too, we overcame, there was a lot of obstacles in the way, which every family encounters that. Um, for us, it was everything from a lost homework assignment to one of our, our children struggled a little bit with a learning disability. Um, we had, you know, you have a scratch knee, and then we had one of our kids that struggled with drugs and alcohol a little bit. Um, so there's just a lot of obstacles to overcome. And as you can imagine, being married 40 years, it, it, there were bright, sunny days, but there were cloudy days as well. And um, I like to say we have had three distinct hurricanes within our marriage, which were times where, you know, it was kind of touch and go, if you will. Um, but the point is, you know, as I was going through my life, doing all that outside stuff and accomplishing those tasks, I was also going through this internal transformation as well. And it was through my interest in personal development, marriage and parenting. And what was happening is I was discovering um, new principles, values and beliefs that just made our family work better. And with that, you know, I, I actually, I wrote a, a book several years ago, and I had a definition of a successful family. And it involved, you know, things like, you know, the family that empowers each other, they enjoy being around each other, they nurture each other, um, they have a knack for enjoying good times, but also overcoming obstacles. And then finally, most importantly, there's a sense of peace, joy, warmth, and love within the home. And you know, our family doesn't always represent that, but we do more often than not. And, and more importantly, when we start to drift away from that, I now know how to bring us back or how to guide us back. And so all, all that to say that now my youngest child is actually in college and I, am, I just have this calling to share what I've learned over these 40 years. You know, I just feel called to, you mentioned spirituality. It, it almost feels like that to me. And so I formed the Family Enrichment Academy as a vehicle to help fulfill that calling. Um, as part of that, I've, I've written the book that you mentioned for parents with teenagers, um, offer coaching programs and online workshops. And it's all in an effort to help share some of that wisdom that I've gained over the last 40 years. So that's a, a 40 year journey and about five minutes of a, of a discussion there. But that's, that's how I got to where I am right now. And that's amazing. And I liked how you talked about the three different hurricanes, because life is not always going to be a pocket full of posies and roses and daisies and all the things. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's, there's going to be the highs and lows. But how do you get through each part of the of the times that you're going in, because just like seasons change, we as individuals begin to change and evolve. And what have we learned and how can we apply it to do better? And one of the things um, I've learned just being in my early 30s is you have to give yourself grace and mercy. And you have to acknowledge when you mess up because everyone is going to make make some form of mistakes and that's okay. And I feel like the same way whenever you're a child and you make a mistake and disappoint, disappoint your parent or now from the outside looking in with my nieces and nephews, whenever parents make a mistake, they should um, own up to their mistakes and apologize to their children because then that opens a line of communication. And I've seen that with the way some of my siblings interact with their children. And I was like, wow, you could see how the dynamics begin to change versus from the outside looking in on a parent who feels like they're always right and whatever they say goes and 
I feel like it could be based on your environment and how you were raised, then you begin to carry those same parental traits and try to pass it down to your children, realizing that the parent that you are is different than how your parents parent you and your children in today's society is different than how society used to be back in the day and things have changed. So we need to adapt, but also don't water it down. And like I said, I'm just starting my my uh, motherhood journey, so I'm not an expert in it, but I'm just saying it from observation standpoint and on the outside looking in. And I'm sure if we revisit this conversation, once I'm really in the midst of it, things may change, but I just wanted to add that there. And um, Jim, I really like the fact that you talked about what some of your children struggled with because that's relevant because someone may have a child with a learning disability. Someone may have a child that went off course for a little bit and they're getting back on course. You talked about one of your children suffering with drug and alcohol, but you're still gonna love that child the same as if you love one of the other children. And you mentioned your youngest right now is in college. So I'm sure the eight, the ages are very wide. But one question I want to ask, um, if you don't mind sharing it, what are the ages of your six, of your six children? Because I think ages play a factor and um, the chronological order. Because sometimes when families have multiple children, sometimes a lot of it falls on the older children, where some of those parents expect the older one to take care of that younger child when it's not their responsibility. So then that could also cause a rift in the household. Yep. So um, again, we have six children and the oldest is 37 now. And um, the first five were all basically two years apart. So, you know, 37, 35, 33, 31 and 29. And then we have a gap. Our youngest is 21. So there was a little bit of a gap there. It was um, it was interesting for my wife and I. She was approaching 40 years old and it was we had thought, well, maybe someday we might have a sixth child. But it was like, OK, it's now or never kind of a thing. So um, it was it's one of that. And it's interesting. You talk about dynamic. Our youngest, in some ways, feels uh, almost like an oldest child or an only child because of the gap. There's enough of a gap there that she's been a little bit on her own in the home for the last four or five years, let's say. And um, you talk about dynamics. I'll just throw this out for people. <clears throat> we found that as the children got older, each time, like when our oldest son left and went off to college and you know started his life, the dynamics in the house for the five remaining changed because now he's not there anymore. And each time one of them left, the remaining children, the dynamics would change a little bit, um, which kind of goes back to your point about it being a journey. It is absolutely a journey because every day you're faced with something new, you know, something that you hadn't encountered before. And part of that's just because the kids get older every day. If you think about it, you're going to have a new baby. And so the concerns and issues that you deal with three months from now when they're a brand new baby are going to be different than when they're five. And then when they're, and when they get to be five, that's the first time they've been five. And so it's going to be first time that you've dealt with those kinds of issues and concerns. Same thing happens when they're 10, when they're 15, when they're 20, and it just goes on and on. So it's just an ongoing journey. And I like to encourage people to think of it that way. And so you just have to continue to grow and develop and adopt. I like to call it a growth mindset. I mean, there's always new things to learn. There's always, um, and it can always be whatever you did wrong. You mentioned apologizing. If you feel like something was 
um, maybe not handled appropriately, you can always go back and heal that as well. It's never too late to heal a relationship with a child. Um, and so that's an important message as well. And, you, and you're never going to get it perfect. It's just, it's just part of it. So... I love that. And I love how you address to the dynamics, especially from your experience. And when you talked about your youngest, um, the one that's in college, I feel like her because we're a blended family. So me and my older brother are 13 years apart. Me and my other brother are 11 years apart. And then my two sisters, they are very close because they're um, two, they're uh, two years apart. So me and the oldest are four. And then me and the other one are two years apart, but I've been the one in the home with my mom and dad. So I, a lot of times I felt like I was the only, the only one because my brothers had each other, my sisters had each other, and then it was just me. So a lot of it, like I did on my own, but as I got older to the point where they wanted to take me places and I wasn't seen as that nagging little sister, <laughs> then I became part of their world. And so sometimes people will tell me, oh my gosh, you're so spoiled. And your dad gave you everything. Yes, he did because everyone else was was gone. And right. I was like, you know, my family wasn't, you know, upper class or anything. My parents did the best that they could for me. And I was like, mm, I don't think I necessarily got everything. I remember asking for a Barbie Jeep one time and I never got it. <laughs> and I remember how those were so popular in the 90s. Right. And I would see the little girls driving down the, the road and my mom, like her excuse, um, she's very conservative and, and she's Caribbean. And she's like, not because another child has that, that means you're going to get it. And she's like, we knew there wasn't going to be another kid after you. So we weren't going to spend money because there would be no one to pass it down to. And I'm like, what? Kind? And I'm over here like looking like this, Jim. And I'm like, what kind of reasoning is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> another question I have for you, um, Jim, as the heroes to journey. Now you're a grand, you're a grandpa. Do you prefer grandpa, pop, pop, or how do your grandchildren they, refer to you? They call me Papa Jim is my, my name. So Papa Jim. So they go, Papa Jim, do you feel that sometimes you do more for your grandchildren than you did for your children? Because I've seen personally with my parents and um, God bless my dad, when he was here, he would do so much stuff for, for my niece and nephew. And I love, I love that because we have multiples of them. And I'm like, dad, did you do all this stuff for me? And I feel like sometimes uh, when you take on the role of a grandparent, sometimes you overcompensate for what you didn't have the ability to do for your own children. Do you agree or disagree there, Jim? You know, it, it's definitely a different dynamic, you know, as a, as a grandparent. And, and one of the things you're still the parent of your child. And, you know, one of the things that I know that we run into is, um, you know, you watch your children parent, and you have to be careful not to cross that line. I mean, it, it, it's their job to be the parent. And, it, you know, not, you know, not my job to step in and to change the rules or to, you know, make things, you know, to have um, so overrule or over try to overrule something that that they're doing. So that's one of the dynamics you have to be very careful about. But I do think that you tend to be more forgiving of a grandchild. Um, and part of it is because you're older and wiser. You know, if you think about that, too, I mean, when it's a big difference, having been through it as many times, so, you know, we have, you know, I have, and I will say with our youngest having six, you know, we had more, I don't know if tolerance is the right word, but we, we had more of a, a, 
a background and an ability to handle situations and circumstances just because we've been through them before, right? You gain experience. And the same thing's true with the grandchild. You know, you see the grandchild and the grandparent will have more tolerance and maybe be a little bit more forgiving just because of life experience. Um, and there is a little bit of a of a, um, how do I say, a desire to spoil them a little bit. You know, you get a chance. It's a different kind of relationship, um, no doubt. And it's not that it, like I said, I don't know that it's good or bad. It's just the way it is. You know, that's just part of it. So. Thank you for addressing that. And I was laughing because when you said you get more tolerant, um, I've heard my family members said, mom and dad got lax when, with you because I would never have been able to do this when I was growing up. And I'm like, well, it's a different age now. Times have changed. So that's why I started cracking up when you said that, Jim, because I was like, now I see. Now that I'm starting my own journey, I can now see it clear, clearer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jim, which, I, which I could I add a little something to that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so one of the big um, sort of uh, transitions that I talk with with parents with teenagers is a transition from control. There's this need to when they're younger, you want to control everything that the child does. <clears throat> and as when they become teenagers, you have to let go of that a little bit and transition more into an empowerment role. And so there's this move from control to empowerment. And that's where that tolerance, you have to be able to let the child um, do some things and experience some failure and uh, make their own decisions on their own. And that's where you get a little wiser with that as you get older. <clears throat> nice. And that that's a good way to segue into your book. So I want you to hold up your book here and we're going to um, I'm throwing you an audible so you could talk about this book because I know this is going to tie into this uh, CTA. So mm -hmm. hold up the book, Jim, so those who are on video can see it. And let's talk about it for, briefly. So it's um, focused again on parents with teenagers, a little higher. Yeah. There you go. Can you see it okay? Yes. Um, and there's really three fundamentals that I, I cover within the book. And the first one is around the parent managing themselves. And because that's a big part of it is where is the parent coming from? What's their mindset? And like I mentioned, control. Um, a lot of times parents have, it's, it's really a fear-based mindset where they try to control everything that the teenager does. An example would be Saturday night, the teenager's getting ready to go out with some friends. If the parent is fearful that they're going to make a bad choice, they may try to control that situation and say, well, you can't go, or you got to be home at nine o'clock. You know, they're, they're putting, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to control what's going on, as opposed to shifting to more of an empowerment mindset, which is how do I work with the child, coach them, and enable them to make responsible choices, which is a different mindset, because that's really what the role is as they move into those teen years, is you want to teach them to be able to make their own decisions and make responsible decisions, because before you know it, they're going to be out on their own anyway, and if they haven't learned to make responsible decisions when they're 15, 16, 17, it's going to be a problem when they're in their 20s as well, and so that you know, shifting mindset and managing mindset is a big part from the parent's standpoint. That's the first step is for the parent to get into a good place. 
um, so that then they can engage with the child. The second fundamental is around building connection. Another thing that's very common with parents with teenagers is they complain that they feel like they're becoming disconnected from the teen. The teen never talks to them. Um, they, they just feel like the, the, the teenager used to be so close to them now is resistant to them, you know, all of those kinds of conversations. And so there's um, nine strategies for building connection. And how do you continue to build that as they move into their teen years? And then the, the third fundamental is around empowerment. And I've got like 10 skills for being, you know, approaching it and coaching more of an empowerment coaching approach. And so how do you do that? What's that look like? So that's the book kind of helps walk the parent through those three steps and they do build on each other. And I'll, I'll say it backwards. You know, a lot of times parents will say, I wish I, you know, I want to influence or I want my teen to listen to me and I want to have some influence over them. And that's the empowerment component. But you can't do that unless you have a really strong connection. So that connection has to come first, then you can talk about empowerment and influence. But the interesting thing is you can't build a connection unless the parent's in a good place from a mindset standpoint. And so that's how I say that the three fundamentals kind of build on each other to, um, you know, sort of revamp or trans, uh, transform that relationship with the teenager as you work through those three fundamentals. I really like those three fundamentals because mindset is important because then you're having that paradigm shift, but then you're also being open-minded and conscientious and then um, being able to connect with your child, just um, building that trust factor and where that kid doesn't feel like they should, they have to sneak around your back because you have that open line of communication. So they feel like you trust them. And then, um, they also feel like they could come to you if something were to happen. So it you see the synergies there between parent and child. And I'm not saying like you're going to be your child's best friend because you're still an authoritative figure, but they should feel like, okay, this is something I could go to mom and dad from, which also will empower that kid. So absolutely. And it's all about putting them into position to start to make their own choices, their own decisions, take on the responsibility for those decisions and the successes and the failures. I think that's another thing parents try to do is they almost overprotect their teenager in that they try to keep them from having any kind of failure. But failure is not necessarily a bad thing. What I mean by that, let's say uh, we're talking about study habits, for example, and the parent may see that the teenager's studied habits aren't that great. And so then they want to go in and kind of control and make them do it a certain way where the empowerment approach would be, okay, you know, maybe your habits aren't that great. Let's see how that works out for you. And then, you know, two weeks later, they come home with a bad grade on a test and you say, well, you know, what, how can you approach this differently? How can you, um, you know, change and maybe do a better job for next time? So you're teaching the child to be resourceful which is really important because it's not just that it's, it's everything that they deal with in life that to be able to solve problems and, and adopt that growth mindset for themselves as well. Amazing. Thank you for, for sharing that, Jim. And now we're going to jump into the CTA part of the segment. What is your call to action for the audience today? So um, again, I mentioned a lot of times parents feel like their teens won't talk to them and won't open up. And so the call to action that I have is I have a resource. It's 10 questions you should never ask your teenager. And uh, I tell people to think of them as like conversation killers. And then I've got 10 great questions. These 
these are the conversation starters. And the premise is that if you want the team to open up, you got to ask better questions. And so, um, and I can get you a link that they, you know, your audience can go to, um, and we can get them that PDF with those questions. And it's, it's just a great way to start that process of transforming that relationship is through these better questions. Amazing. And yes, I will definitely link that in the show notes when you send me the links. And Jim, how can people reach you via your website? And are there any social media platforms that you primarily hang out on? Yep. So the um, the website is familyenrichmentacademy.com. And you can go there in my email on the contact page. I have an email address there as well, which is just Jim at familyenrichmentacademy.com. I would encourage the audience. I do have a YouTube channel and I produce regular content videos on a variety of different issues and, and topics that come up with parents and teenagers. So I would encourage the audience to check those out. Um, I do have a, there's a Facebook page as well. And those are the two places that I spend the most time from a social media standpoint. It would be the YouTube or um, Facebook. And thank you so much, Jim, for just coming on and just sharing your background knowledge from um, your marriage, dealing with children, working with teenagers and now helping others um, go through the same thing. All of what, like I said, all of your contact information will be in the show notes. So audience, all you need to do is read, scroll on down and tap in to see Jim's contact. This content is on 40 plus platforms. So there's a spot for everyone to find it. And for those of you that are interested in seeing the video, it will be housed on our YouTube channel. And you could find that by going to Gems, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular and consistent basis to support the subject matter experts that come into the community, as well as the mission behind the show, which is to bring on content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also intersect diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. And that brings me to a big ask, ASK. I am looking for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship and spaces are limited, but you can find more info by going to my website, genesisamarskemp.net, or sending me a personalized email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com to learn more info. Our podcast is ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So you'll have a global impact, global reach. So until the next time, peace, love, and lots of blessing. Let's start talking to our children instead of at our children. Give yourself grace and mercy and let's build bridges so we can come together and really create those synergies because you're not always going to get it right and that's okay. But you need to accept that it's not okay, just like your children aren't always going to get it right. But what can we do to come together in order to make the relationship fruitful and keep on going? Think about it. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. 
GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.